0: Uh there's a, a Friday staple on the uh Kevin Carey show with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, uh Dexie's Midnight Runners. Uh I think there'd be a little higher Duke than 70% Brass Bonanza approval rating. Your thoughts? You think it's higher for Brass... I'm telling you, there are people that don't like the Brass Bonanza, but they but they listen to it because it's like the like a car accident, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> you,
1: can't you can't look can't, away. can can't look away. I Tell you what, I, I'm not going to dispute your uh, your research and your data here. I'm never one to refute science. Oh, I had um, research, but, man. Yeah, but but I love the brass bonanza. Yeah. I, Friday afternoons on the Gregor show are always uh, always great when you hear those uh, hear that brass come in and uh, takes. I mean, like I said, Hartford Whalers precede me uh, as a human, but uh, best jerseys, best logo <laughs> in sports. So the the song to go with it just pairs perfectly on a Friday.
0: Um. Robin Brownlee sending in his two cents. Uh, hey, Dick, Stoffer and I only ran the 40. It just timed out like the 100. Uh, but then, I, I, and I think I mentioned this to you as well, Duke, that uh, we had a camera at that practice at uh, the double Ears. Again, 20 it's got to be 20 years ago, maybe more, 22. Uh, it's Yeah, you know what? It's 23 years or 24. Uh, and uh, we put it on the evening news to Chariots of Fire, and we slowed it down. So we slowed down, and someone fell. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Ruben's going to have to shoot, shoot me off a text, Ruben, and, and let me know about that because, man, it was just awful. Someone, one of them took their shoes off because they had dress shoes, and they had black socks going on. And maybe, I think Stoffer took his socks off. and Maybe Ruben did too. It was just unbelievable. Uh, text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, Great to hear Sports Radio back. Thanks for that. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Here's one uh, when getting back. This is from Wes and talking about when we had uh, Mark Spector on. Um, regarding Steve Stales, who uh, has left the Oilers and taken a job uh, with the Ottawa Senators. Hi, guys. When Mark said that Steve was distant at the development camp, did that not show you a sense of non-professionalism? Maybe it's a good thing that he left. No loyalty to his current employer. That's a bad sign. Comes from Wes. Good points. I would imagine at that time, even well before that time, that the Oilers were fully aware that once the sale went through, from Eugene Melnick to Michael Andlauer uh, because of the connection between Anlauer and Steve Stales going back a number of years that, you know, that was in the hopper already. Uh, and I don't think that the Oilers were giving out the Cadbury secret to Steve Stales uh, regarding um, uh, developmental camp secrets and such, but uh, good point. Um, Oilers in action tonight. In Calgary, taking on the Flames, game four of the preseason. Tomorrow night, uh, they will be on the West Coast in Vancouver and then Seattle. Uh, A little bit of a trip. We've talked about pickleball as well on this trip the whole bit. Uh, Yesterday, I was lucky enough to go down to uh, Oilers practice after the show concluded. Uh, Spoke to a number of uh, people. Um, We'll get to Brett Kulak in a minute, but... uh, Jim Matheson stole my question, butted in on the scrum. Thanks, Matty, about uh, uh, the the fact that Jay Woodcroft has the luxury in a third pairing, pairing defense a uh, uh, partnership with uh, Cody Cc and Brett Kulak to have that ability to roll those guys out uh, as a third pairing. Uh, what a luxury that is! And we're just kind of Duke's just queuing up uh, that here's here's Jay Woodcroft.
2: Yeah, I think they're a good pair. That you would feel good if they got on the ice against anybody in the National Hockey League. They should be able to hold their own against anybody. Kulak's a great skater. Cease obviously has experience. Plays the game hard. Um, you know, if that's your third pairing, you, you don't. You're not trying to shelter them in any way. One
0: hundred percent correct. Also, the ability now. It- you're going to have an injury during a game you're it's it's going to happen someone is going to go down now you have that ability and it's a luxury believe me it's such a luxury to have two veteran veteran defensemen that have the ability to move up to a second pairing to have the ability to counterattack what the opposition is throwing over the boards cc and kulak can do that not for an extended period of you know 10 20 30 40 games but in a pinch, that'll do for sure. Uh, yesterday, I uh, ended up speaking uh, in a one-on-one with Brett Kulak uh, outside the Oilers dressing room. Here's that conversation. Brett, how do you compare this season at the very beginning, all the optimism we always hear? How do you compare that this year as opposed to other years in your career?
3: Ah. We know the caliber of team we got and it's just another year of growth for us and the team is very similar to what it's been the last couple of years you know obviously every year you're going to minus and minus and uh, add, add a couple of guys but for the most part it's the same and, and the team knows what's expected of each guy and I think as you go and for me personally, I can speak to just uh, growth in, in my own game and experience level, you know, getting in some, some important games deep in the playoffs and things like that. You grow every year and you become a better player and smarter and stronger. And I think that's just that's a combination of that with every single guy this year. And uh, we're just a better team from it.
0: When you mentioned the minuses and the ads, what have you seen from the ads so far in the early going?
3: I think it's they brought in some quality players and we're lucky to have them here and they're going to, just every piece, I think, adds a different dynamic to the team that, that just rounds out the group as a whole.
0: Who are some of the guys that you think are going to be making another step forward this year that you saw uh, maybe at the end of last year? And I'm kind of thinking guys like Vinny RNA and things like that.
3: Yeah, I think, like you say, Vinny, he'll he'll be taking a big step, gain a lot of experience and, and played some good hockey. Uh, I think Bouchard's going to really step up into a big role and be a big part of the team. You know, he has been the last couple of seasons, but uh, just another year of growth for him and, and a bigger, elevated role. I think he's going he's gonna to do really well there.
0: Do you expect to see a lot of your time with Cody CC? Is that kind of how you think see things going in the early going here?
3: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what it's set up as right now. So uh, I like playing with him, and you know we talk about a lot of things out there, and and we work to, we work well together, and we, we've had success together in the past. So that's always nice. And uh, yeah, we just we have a certain comfort zone we we feel when we play together.
0: How do you feed off each other with that comfort zone? Uh, you know, on the ice.
3: I think it's just communication, positioning, knowing what the other players like. And, and, you know, some players, their styles you just naturally mesh better together. And I think that's been the case for us.
0: Personally, was this summer a little different for you being kind of immersed here a little bit more, uh, you know, with a season under your belt and things like that? Was it a little different summer for you compared to years past?
3: Yeah, a lot less going on for sure. It was nice time just to step away and take that break that's necessary after long grind of the season and take a little reflection time and a lot of time to recharge and, and the batteries recharge now you know there wasn't any contract worry, worrying about that this summer there wasn't you know last summer we had the newborn baby so she's that much older and that much easier around the house and we were just we were settled we had our place here we were settled in, in Edmonton and And everything was just, uh, you know, a little more you could really maximize that time to relax and recharge and get ready for the year.
0: Yeah, with Brett Kulak, and I remember asking you last year about the family farm, just west of town and things like that, how much time you had to get out there. And you said, well, I haven't had any time because of new baby, uh, moving, things like that. Uh, were you able to kind of take advantage of
3: that aspect a little more this year? I got out there once, yeah, and I was able to, um, my young nephew, seven, he was in some hockey tryouts, so I was back in the Stony Plain Arena there and... Uh, it was nice to see that, and it feels like not long ago. I was I was in that position and he just loved having me there to watch him and I was excited to be there and uh, yeah it brought a lot of joy for me and it's always nice. I, you know, it's I'm very lucky to be able to play here for the Oilers and, and be so close to home and family it's nice.
0: Are you getting used to that kind of playing here, um, friends, family the whole thing?
3: Yeah, it was it was an easy adjustment for me it was you know when you got so much support and, and good people around you, it makes, makes life at the rink a lot easier.
0: Um, moving forward again here are you one of those guys how many exhibition games do you need zero uh, set that you've kind of got in your head uh, how do you need to prepare for the season
3: yeah, I think you know coming in there's a little bit of plan in your head but uh, I'm, I'm just ready every day you know I don't I don't dictate I say I want to play three I want to play seven I don't I don't say anything if I, if I'm on the lineup I prepare to play and uh, use my practice time well and make sure I'm ready for puck drop on opening night. Brett, thanks for this. Good luck this year. Yeah, thank you.
0: That's Brett Kulak, a key member of the Oilers defensive core and I mean, that was another big trade that Ken Holland made at the deadline in 2022. Um, William Lagesson went the other day uh, and a conditional pick, uh, but Kulak has settled in very nicely after, uh, you know, coming over in the trade deadline uh, and then playing a full season, played all 82 games last year. So that, that's the dependability factor. Uh, last year, really solid year. I mean, he was a guy that you could depend on and moving up and down in that defensive pairing. Uh, what do you like, Duke in the sense that um, again, it's options. The coaches will always say they want options. They need options. You can't have success without options. And between Kulak and CC that gives uh, Jay Woodcroft a lot of them.
1: It it sure does. And, and, not only that, but you look even deeper down the defensive lineup and whether it be, you know, Philip Broberg pushing for four, for more minutes and Vinny DeHarnay expanding his role a little bit this season. The, the Oilers are in a position this season that I don't think they have been in in a long time where, and we've talked about it extensively, you know, the drag of the preseason. We mm-hmm. know who's going to be on this team opening night. It's just going to be a matter of where the pieces fit and things. Oilers fans, I think, are almost taking a little bit for granted. Like, Think back to the decade of darkness when preseason was the chance to see all these young, exciting players, uh, new draft picks and stuff. The Oilers just aren't in that position right now. It still matters to mm-hmm. some of these other teams on the rebuild. But the Oilers' depth, uh, both up front and on the back end, is is enviable, uh, whether it be with a couple of young guys pushing for time or the versatility of someone like Cody C Brett Kulak to play up and down your top six. I, I love what the Oilers are working with here uh, heading into the season starting next week.
0: You know, when the Oilers played the Calgary Flames in the playoffs uh, in Calgary, I was uh, sitting in the press box uh, with Ronnie Sutter, who's basically, you know, he was, uh, you know, Daryl was coaching and Ronnie would have been in an advisory role or whatever you want to call it. Um, One of the things he said to me was the Calgary Flames organization made a mistake by letting Brett Kulak go to Montreal. And when he said that, I went, you know what? He's right, because you, you can't find defensemen like that that are so dependable, that have that are great team guys, that have the ability to, to go into a 2-3 a, a role, or sorry, a 3-4 role, uh, are happy about being in a 5-6 role. Those don't fall off trees that you can count on day in, day out, again, playing 82 games. Uh, he's played 416 career games. Um, played, uh, you know, he grew up, in town just west and, and minor hockey and then went out to vancouver played uh, with the giants and you know he was he was a fourth round draft pick by calgary but brett kulak is very well thought of and very uh respected in that oilers dressing room and will be a key contributor uh moving forward uh when we come back we will hook up uh the ajhl we've been talking about it for a couple of days now it'll be our headliner of the day for mr reuter ryan bartoschuk from the uh AJ Chell, he's the uh, president, the commish, whatever you want to call him. He runs the show. He's down in Calgary uh, with the showcase going on. He will guest with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Ooh, I like that song too. What, who's that one, Duke? That is That song too by Blur. Blur. Yeah. That was in a commercial for a beer commercial too. I remember... Uh, it was on a plane or something, wasn't it? Oh, so that, oh yeah. I
1: think most people remember it. At least uh, maybe my generation. Uh, very popular in the NHL video games as yeah. one of the from the soundtrack. Cause I can't remember what year specifically it was on, but it's like synonymous with it. So that's uh-huh. uh, that's a great track. Very hockey related track. Whether very dr- dressing rooms, yes. whatever the case. Great for our next
0: going game out game. on the ice and things like that. Yeah, very hockey related. Uh, and we bring in our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mister Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk. Radio is back for all your plumbing needs. You can go to Mister Ca as we welcome in uh, AJHL President Ryan Bartoszik. and Ryan. First of all, I've heard Bartoshik, I've heard Bartoszik. Uh, What do you What do you go by? What What happens at the Ukrainian dinners uh, going on in the family?
4: Uh, yeah. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, I heard a variety of. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Pronunciations throughout my life and uh i didn't score too many goals so i didn't hear it too often maybe out of the penalty box but uh it is bartoshik
0: bartoshik okay because again you probably heard them all right yeah, you bet. All right. Ryan Bartoszik, uh, AJHL president down in Calgary. Man, it's been a busy few days for the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League with the um, AJHL showcase at Max Bell Arena. You guys have been doing this for a lot of years, and it really kicks off the season, gets the excitement going. Uh, can you tell us how things are going down there at Max Bell in Calgary?
4: Yeah, we're, uh, we're halfway through. We kick off again today at 11 a.m., so it's uh, it's really our premier event uh, we've developed this event to a point where it is, uh, it is a highlight for, for our athletes and uh, for our scouting community as well to give our athletes the opportunity uh, in front of this great group.
0: So when you, when you talk about the scouts and the amount of scouts that are there, NCAA is probably the, where the most are coming from. Can you kind of touch on that aspect? How many scouts? Where are they from? And just uh, the magnitude of this event uh, for, for their reference points?
4: Yeah, we've, we've grown this event, and when we started, it was, will the will the scouts show up? Uh, now we've evolved to the point where um, they're here, and all NHL teams will be represented. Uh, the majority of the NCAA schools will be here. Uh, we'll see U Sport, We'll see ACAC. So throughout the hockey world, uh, they are here this weekend to watch our athletes.
0: Um, can you give a number? Like, I mean, I know I've got a lot of friends that are, you know, still coaching, uh, in NCAA, uh, Drew Famulak, uh, we grew up together. He's been, uh, at, uh, the, the Ferris wheel for many years. So kind of just touch on the, on the yeah. guys that are coming in.
4: Typically over the four days, we'll see in the range anywhere from 125 to 150 scouts come oh. through. So, um, they'll be there and then putting in the work over the four days. So it's, it's really a great environment for our athletes. Uh, it's only a snapshot of their season, but still an important weekend for them.
0: So, you would say, as we speak with uh, Ryan Bartoszek of the AJHL, and hey, one for one so far, Ryan, uh-huh. here we go. Um, would you say a lot of um, scouts look at this and then they'll come back in whatever, two, three, four months, and see how that player has developed and, you know, check their notes and things like that? And what about a uh, second part of that question? What about the NHL angle when they're scouting guys at this stage of, of their career as well?
4: yeah the the way the game's evolved um some guys like to sneak in a little early uh even in preseason to watch some of our athletes um they'll capture the attention of scouts here and and continue that conversation moving forward throughout the season and just the way the game has changed and through technology the ability for the scouting mm-hmm. community to watch our athletes is is truly amazing and um The chance to watch them online and through technology, Mm -hmm. such as a program called Instat, they can break the athlete shift down per game over the season, per period against opponents. So, I can comfortably say that all of our athletes have that opportunity to get noticed and and get exposure to the scouting community. And and from an NHL perspective, you know perhaps there may not be um, that blue chipper every season in our league uh, but what does happen is they'll track those athletes uh, through college uh, coming out potentially as a free agent and then lean back on the experience when they saw those athletes at our showcase
0: yeah ryan Bartoshik of uh, ajhl uh, the president and down in um, calgary max bell arena for the ajhl showcase which started on wednesday runs through um, the weekend the blue chippers. I mean, man, we've had so many of them. We got one right here in Dylan Holloway came out of the AJHL. Kale McCarr in in Colorado. I mean, sometimes I think people in our province or you know even in, in across the country don't realize how great, how top notch, the caliber of hockey that uh, AJHL uh, is. I mean, it kind of can get overshadowed from the Western League. But for the most part, a lot of the players are a little bit older, they might be a little more seasoned. So can you speak to our listeners about the caliber and uh, the level uh, of play in the AJHL?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's sometimes lost in the shovel for sure. And, and, you know, you look back this is our 60th season and you start to go through some of the alumni that have been part of our league. And on um, on Wednesday evening, we were fortunate to hold an evening of legends and, and the headliners were, were Mark Messier and, and Lanny McDonald. And, huh. and obviously some <laughs> high-profile Hockey Hall of Famers <laughs> and very important to uh, this province and, and what they've done for for both organizations and obviously the game. And, you know, that was a great um night for our league and it was put on by the Calgary Canucks which which themselves have a storied history as well so uh, you go down the list and obviously um, with KL McCarr coming through our league recently and, and what he's been able to do in the National Hockey League has just been truly amazing so um, again the game has evolved a little bit they have the opportunity in our league essentially to move on to any other level. And, and whether that takes a little longer than some, um, whether that choice involves moving on to college uh, we provide that platform for them. So uh, you can definitely go through that list and, and see some of the athletes that have come through and, you know, for myself to mm-hmm. speak with people who've been involved in the league for a very long time, um, you know, the Mike Comrie's, the Pisani's, um, Denny Heatley, the guys that have come mm-hmm. through and, and really made an impression that have led the way for, for future athletes in our league has just been amazing.
0: Well, it, it really has. I mean, the list is endless as uh, we speak with our Mr. Reuter headliner of the day, Ryan Bertoschuk, uh, president of the AJHL. Uh, what was that, uh, that banquet dinner like with you, you mentioned Lanny McDonald, Mark Messier? I mean, kids must have been just in awe having these guys there.
4: Yeah, and and again, I think like you mentioned, sometimes you forget um, some of the athletes that have gone through our league and um, just the stories they have uh, as far as what the league's meant to them and and really a start in their hockey careers. And ultimately, that's that's what we're providing for our athletes. And and our athletes and families make a significant investment to – to get to this point and it's not easy to make the AJHL and we have some impressive athletes and then people in our league and we're fortunate to have that. So. Again, 60th season, you look back, um, a lot of great players, a lot of great organizations, a lot, really a lot of great people who have done a lot for our game. So very proud to be part of this league, uh, very proud to be celebrating our 60th season and um, looking forward here to the rest of our showcase weekend.
0: Ah, I mean, again, the list is endless. You go back, Red Deer Rustlers, the Sutters, I mean, you could go on and on. Um, so 60 seasons, it is tough to run a junior hockey league, it's tough to run a junior hockey league franchise. Um, how do you kind of keep going to make sure that you're offering top-notch places for these kids to play, but only uh, as well to have the people come in to watch them? It is hard to finance these teams. How do these clubs do it? How do you do it as a league?
4: Yeah, I mean, our our base, as far as community support, is, is significant. Um, we could not do it without our our board of governors, um, the community boards that are still involved in our teams, the volunteers, the sponsors, the billets. It is still a community league. We are still dependent on those groups. And, you know, sometimes you get wrapped up in in Edmonton and Calgary, but you go for a drive and you're in Brooks, Alberta, mm-hmm. and Bonneville and Fort McMurray still, and it's still the fabric of, of this province. And we have such a reach across Alberta, um, we're truly a provincial league. We represent the people of Alberta uh, and give our athletes the opportunity to experience that, and then really still get ingrained in our communities. Um, unfortunately, the, the small town teams seem to slowly disappear. And and uh, you know, growing up, you play in in the small communities and and you experience the rivalries and some of that and and the majority of that in our league still exists, and it's really great to see. Throughout the season, um, this weekend, families coming from across the province. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, again, the fabric of, of our province still exists in the Alberta Junior Hockey League.
0: Uh, Ryan Bartoszka, president of the AJHL, is our guest on the Kevin Carey show, Sports 1440, our Mr. Reuter headliner of the day. So, Ryan, in the last uh, decade or so, we've seen the the league kind of become a little top-heavy as far as success goes I mean uh, Brooks has been at the top of the list in the, in the south Spruce Grove has been at the top of top of the heap in the north is that good for the league is it bad for the league do you like it um, would you like to see a little more parity would you like to see it balance out a bit
4: yeah we certainly have to give credit to those organizations for for building programs and um this season we've made the change to ultimately get rid of our Mm division and now rank our teams one to 16. And and this season, every AJHL team will play every other AJHL team four times, which is a big significant change for us. Uh, And I think at least early on in the season here, what it's done is uh, even things out a little bit. And those top teams have really set the bar for, for the rest of the league of what, things need to look like and and listen there's a there's a lot of teams knocking right on the door Um, we've had the national champion for the last three seasons and and you look back I mean we could probably have half of our league every year compete for a national championship and and those teams continue to grow and continue to build and um, we've got to a point in our league where we've been able to attract athletes not only from Alberta, but from across the country and and the United States as well. So that mix of of athlete has certainly created uh, more opportunities uh, to move on to schools and develop our individual athletes within Alberta as well. So it's, I I I truly don't think the talent in our league has ever been better Mm -hmm. from one to 16. And it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out as far as Competitive balance and, and parity, so it's uh, it's an exciting year for us.
0: Uh, Ryan Bartosik, our guest on Sports 1440. How do the players and the teams uh, balance that academic uh, portion of what they want to accomplish? Because. Uh, I think for a, a good you would have to say a lot of a, a good percentage of the kids you know their goal is to come to the AJHL they want to try to get an NCAA scholarship or they want to further their education down the road at say a Nate or McEwen or or U of A or whatever so what's the balance there between academics and then on ice performance?
4: Yeah it's, it's an important part of our league um, it's it's why the majority of our athletes are here uh and you know i have to give credit to our organizations for uh working with their local schools uh with educational advisors to ensure that 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 is a priority uh and let's not forget these these are impressive athletes again they're here for a reason Mm -hmm. they've been able to balance school and family and hockey and life in general um very successfully and and our experience just adds to that. So, uh, again, credit to organizations and obviously our athletes for committing to that. And um, it's it's really, you know, special to see our athletes move on and then really what they can do in our league um, from an educational perspective as well.
0: So uh, run us down the showcase again. What exactly uh, do, every, does every team play the same amount of games? I assume so. You want to make it equal. We'll kind of run down the schedule that what you kind of have to put together at Max Bill Arena in Calgary.
4: Yeah, every team plays two regular season games, so these, these games count in the standings. Um, we balance the schedule to get everyone uh, essentially uh, in and out over the four days, which is sometimes a mm-hmm. challenge with hotel nights and travel, but really, again, giving our athletes the opportunity to be in front of the scouting community here. Uh, it's, we start at uh, 11 in the morning here, and the last game is 8 at night, so we have four games every day here uh, and just again giving that group uh, the opportunity in front of the scouting community Uh, it's really great to see behind the scenes uh, those scouts talking to our athletes after the game Mm -hmm. they're interacting Um, as I mentioned the families that are able to come in and then see their sons um, maybe might not get a chance to see them a lot during the year. So that's the other part, again, that I spoke to as far as the strengths of communities and, and family and, and really a special part for me to see. Obviously, growing up in the game, your family is yeah. is very important to, to that success. So uh, that's the other side of it here that sometimes we forget that these are just young men and, and still yeah. important parts of, of their development happen through the AJHL.
0: Yeah, it's about... Shaping and molding, and and trying to make those uh, young men to be grown men and to be a betterment for the community and and down the road in life for sure. Uh, yeah, we, I yeah. mean,
4: certainly we talk a lot about of our athletes that that move on to to school and the NHL, but sometimes we forget about those athletes that uh, that move on to medical school and our business leaders and uh, leaders in our community. So that's the other side of it that yeah. we're proud of as well as a lot of these athletes come back and. Uh, they come back to Alberta and and give back not only to society and their communities, but the game as well.
0: Uh, Ryan Bartoszik uh, is our headliner for Mr. Reuter, um, president of the AJHL. Uh, I, I kind of want to just broach on a kind of a sticky subject, uh, Ryan, if you can, just... BCGHL, you know, in the, in recently has decided to break away from Hockey Canada uh, to kind of get things going on a, in a different capacity out there. Can you comment on that? And you always hear rumblings about some other teams possibly joining them from other leagues. Uh, it's a it's a different situation with uh, insurance and things like that. But can you kind of touch on that subject and offer just a little bit of light uh, for our listeners?
4: Yeah, certainly a lot of respect for, for that league and, and our relationship with the BCHL has been strong over the years and uh, highly competitive as well, no, like both on the ice and from a recruiting perspective. And a little bit of a different model in BC as far as um, private ownership versus um, our ownership, which is community-based in, in the AJHL. So a little bit different there. Um, from a player pool perspective as well, a little bit different as far as number of players that actually play in each respective league from, from each province. So they made a decision to, to, to break away. And um, for us, obviously it's, it's something that we're aware of uh, that we're, we're monitoring and, and really understanding what's going to happen. And, you know, there's some challenges from, an insurance perspective mm-hmm. from a player movement perspective from an affiliation perspective. So um, it's, uh, it's certainly going to be interesting how things play out um, with regards to teams in our leagues. And you know there's been discussions and chatter behind the scenes for years, yeah. as far as what that looks like. And, um, you know, understanding various financial models, it, it would be challenging from, from certain perspectives. So, Again, it's um, going to be interesting to see how mm-hmm. things play out uh, with with that league. And you know, for us, it's more of a of a look in the mirror mentality uh, right now. Last year was a big year coming back from COVID to really yeah. engage our communities again and ensure we have that support from a fan perspective, from a sponsorship perspective, from a, a community perspective as well. Just to ensure that we remain viable um, in our existing markets. So a lot of moving parts uh, over the last year and a bit. And again, for us really trying to understand what that looks like and and regain um, where we're at with our communities and then kind of seeing where things go across the the border here.
0: Well, uh, Ryan, thanks for this. you got to be proud to be at the helm uh, of a league at at the 60-year mark. It's got to be an exciting time for you.
4: Yeah, it's um, sometimes you forget. And for myself, I was fortunate to, to play in the league back in the day, and you understand really what it means. And for myself to be here this weekend and, and really see our athletes, and, I mean, that's that's what we're here for. We're here for our athletes. So it's, uh, it's an exciting weekend for us, and I wish all those guys the best and uh, appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, thanks very much for this. Enjoy the rest of the weekend at Max Bell Arena and the rest of the season. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks so much. That's Ryan Bartoszik, uh, president of the AJHL, our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. There's a reason that they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca, which comes now to our time, Duke, our plumbing tip of the day. Some valuable tips at this time of the year. We've gone through a few of them, Duke. Uh, I'm going to throw this one out at you. Check no, you know what I'm going to go with? Water heater maintenance. Water heater maintenance. No, I don't Did we do that one yet? No, we didn't do that one yet. We touched on that okay. one
1: uh last week,
0: I think. No, then we're going to go inspect for leaks, check for any leaks in your plumbing system, including faucets, pipes, and fixtures. Address leaks promptly to prevent water damage and wasted water.
1: Wow. Well, I think like.
0: Uh, goes without saying, right? Yeah.
1: the You take care of a small problem early before it becomes a much bigger problem down the road. And uh, even the tiniest drip from uh, the pipe under your sink or something Ooh. can can cause you a world of trouble and uh, usually a pretty penny and even, uh, as well in getting repairs
0: done. You know, and you hear all the stories, even like if you go away for a couple of days, you should turn your water off, mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, how many people, like a toilet somehow just all of a sudden it starts running and. You then never know. It's, uh, it's Gonzo Alonzo.
1: Thankfully, uh, uh, the good folks at Mr. Ruder are there to <laughs> to remedy any issues that you might have, whether it is a small leak or maybe you let something go unattended and uh, they might be a bigger fix for them, but they're always happy to help.
0: Maybe that one dude that texted in yesterday is already over at Laddie's Fix and stuff or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top of the hour, we will check in with uh, Jim Ocharski uh, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, talk about that Damien Lillard trade. Ooh, that was uh, one of the bigger ones that you'll see, I guess, with three teams involved. So, And then at 10.20, Eric Williams from Fox Sports to kind of focus on the NFC West division. But uh, we'll have some uh, open time, talk a little bit about the Oilers getting ready for Calgary tonight when we come back after the break, plus comments from Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft as well. Uh, that's coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. That You know, this song, do kind of, I, I don't know brings back nightmares for me uh when i was uh, fortunate enough to play in the uh saskatchewan junior league it's kind of neat to talk to ryan about his time and stuff uh our arch rival used to play this after scoring a goal so it wasn't a lot of fun so it's that is to you what chelsea dagger is to roberto luongo yes it's painful ptsd yes painful uh randy sportak out of calgary um has released the roster for tonight's Oilers-Flames game. And then uh, Mark Spector sent it out as well uh, for the Oilers, taking goaltenders to Calgary, Olivier, Rodrigue, and Jack Campbell. Uh, on the blue line, CeCe, Kulak, DeHarnay, Alex Peters, Phil Kemp, Nima Linen, and Noel Hoffenmeyer Up front, Drake Kajula, Derek Ryan, Greg McCaig, Lane Peterson. That'll be his... Man, that's his... Third or fourth game already. Uh, Seth Griffith, Brad Malone, Warren Fogle, Carter Savoy, Xavier Borgo, Dylan Holloway in Calgary. There's old stomping grounds from Airdrie. Uh, James Ramblin' Hamblin' and Raphael Lavoie. Uh, And then uh, Mark Spector sending out on the sociables. The Oilers likely sending a few bodies straight to Bakersfield after this game. Uh, Flames will counter um, more of a veteran Lineup: uh, Dustin Wolf, Dan Vladar, and goal. So on the blue line, Calgary's got Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanov, Noah Hanifin. Uh, so then Poirier Osterly and uh, Ilya Solovoyev. So a bit more of a roster, uh, a veteran roster. Huberto, Backlund, Sharon Govich, Coleman, Lindholm, Dubey, Coronado, Hansik, Bishop, Dewar, Schwint, Cadre. I was waiting for the old clap in between like they do in the dressing room from you, Duke. But that is kind of where they're going uh, with the rosters tonight. Um, Yesterday, again, I was down at Oilers practice after uh the skate they had two skates going and then made a lot of roster adjustments and sending guys a lot of guys uh down uh but was uh leon dry spoke to the media jason gregor had that on yesterday on his show Uh, leon talking about a number of things but then jay woodcroft uh uh, was asked about leon and where he sees leon i guess in the big picture moving forward what he's done what he can do and uh, what kind of player he is here's the coach
2: Well, I thought Leon played a heck of a game last night. Um, If you looked at the chances created versus the chance his line was on for, it wasn't even close. So um, I thought he played a great game last night. The evolution, just like with Connor McDavid, uh, I, I wouldn't want to put a limit on his potential because I think he's the best Uh, power forward in in today's game. You know, he plays the center position. Normally you think of power forwards as being wingers and being on the wall and that type of stuff. But someone at his size with the abilities that he has um, is really impressive. I think his 200-foot game he continues to work on. He cares. He's a a team player that wants to win. And uh, I think he's poised to have a really good season.
0: Really good season, poised for a season. Well, I mean, he's had a couple of really good seasons, hasn't he? I mean, when you think about his body of work, Leon Drysettles over the last, well, five years, um, he's been over well over a point a game. Like, I mean, it's not even in the conversation, but I mean, he had 128 points last year, uh, 110 the year before, um, 56 games the year before that is the only reason that he didn't crack the 100-point plateau, but... 110 the year before that. 2018, 2019 is when uh, he cracked the 100 point plateau for the first time at 105. These guys don't care about the points anymore. They don't care about all that. If you sit on with Leon, sit on with Connor McDavid, all they care about is winning. They want to get to that next step. They do not care about personal accolades. It's been said for a number of years. All they want to do uh, is win. Uh, playoffs are everything. Leon Dreisettle had 13 goals in the playoffs last year. He had seven the the year before in 16 games, but he had 25 helpers, 25 assists. He had, you know, uh, last year's playoffs, I think up until the final uh, couple of games, he still led the league, led the Stanley Cup playoffs in goals. I mean, insane. Uh, And that was only in a couple of rounds. Uh, Jay Woodcroft also addressed a couple of other things yesterday in the scrum. Uh, Ryan Rashog was kind of asking a couple questions regarding uh, the Oilers uh, defensive play does it matter uh, if they can uh, score a few more goals does that take away from their defensive play Uh, what kind of style are they going to play in that sense to kind of limit goals limit defensive uh, or limit offensive chances from the opposition Uh, once again here's Jay Woodcroft.
2: It's not like you had to give up a bunch of offense to achieve those results either do you think the group sort of sense that you can do both at the same time right I mean uh, you know we want to be a great defending team but I, I wouldn't even use the word defending I 'd use checking. I want to be a, us to be a great checking team. I think the best place you can check is in the offensive zone. So we spend a lot of time talking about you know being good in that area so you don't have to worry about defending in your own area in your own zone um we have a lot of things in place in terms of rules and organization back to our own end so that hopefully we turn pucks over and go the other way if the other team does give up possession of the puck we have some things in place to try and break out quickly uh and in the end if we find ourselves in our own zone and d on coverage we want to be comfortable there we want to feel real good about ourselves and you know, I, as I said, the beginning part of training camp here has been dedicated towards that, and the players have bought in. They're doing a great job.
0: That's Oilers, this Oilers Head Coach Jay Woodcroft uh, addressing defensive play and things like that. Uh, we did hear from Jay earlier about uh, the luxury of having Cody Cc and Brett Kulak as a third-pairing defenseman and the option of being able to move those pieces on the chessboard like Jay so all the time eloquently puts um, – to have the ability to move those guys around because of their veteran presence and and the ability that they can um, move into that 3-4 role and not really have much of a a downturn. So uh, Jay was also asked yesterday about the other defenseman in camp, and uh, once you get past uh, you know five and six, now they're and Matthias Ekholm. Obviously, you know he's been nursing a little bit of an injury. Uh, I don't think it's anything serious. We'll see him later. Uh, maybe he might get an exhibition game in. But uh, Jay also addressed the situation with uh, kind of the rest of the blue line core yesterday. <laughs>
2: how did he oh yeah i think anytime you put in a six foot four defenseman that has played the amount of playoff games and had the regular season success that he's had uh you put someone like that of that caliber into your back end i think it it kind of resets the batting order back there makes everybody feel comfortable and I mean, his his play spoke for itself. His effect on Bouchard spoke for itself. And uh, the team record uh, during his time with us speaks for itself. It's too
1: simple to say that, like, you know, you're veteran guy, you know, great all-around defenseman. So players kind of look at him as a
2: template of, type of player, you know, especially in the defenseman. Yes, I think that's too simple to say. I think there was a lot of work put into finding the right person to complement our back end. Um, and he came in, fit us like a glove. Uh, that's a credit to the people that identified him, a credit to the people that did the background on him, and in the end, a credit to the player, because he's a heck of a player, um, and he just seems to really uh, buy into what we're trying to do here, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well.
4: Not having you know, that over that group, you if we can try it with, with some, like, you know, maybe you get him back the last couple of
3: games, so you'd like to...
2: Yeah. yeah, I think that that's perfect world, right? And, um, but the times we live in are the times we live in. We said that the other day. Is you just uh, you make make do until he's fully healthy and ready to go. He's making some positive steps in that direction, um, you know. And we're we can't wait till he gets back because he's a heck of a player. Is he get a game here? I hope so, hope so. But it is what it is. We'll see uh, how he's progressing. He's had some good days here. We feel good about where he's at, so he's going in the right direction. With a guy
0: like Nemo, you know what you're going to get every time he's in the lineup. How much comfort does that give you in the rest of the
2: Yeah, I mean, Nemo's not different than some of the other players that have had the experience of working with Mance and myself in Bakersfield. They have some equity because we've seen them in certain types of uh, situations, so we know what we're going to get. I think uh, when Nemo first came up two years ago, he had a real good start to his NHL career. Big, long, rangy, good penalty killer, someone who's, uh, who can play physical and brought a physical dimension to his game. I think last year there were times when we saw that, but not all the time. And um, you know that was message to to Marcus in his exit meeting last year, and I think he's coming to training camp here, and he is he is not deferring to anybody. He is not assuming that anything has been set in stone. He's giving his best effort, and I thought he played a good game last night. So along
1: those lines, like sometimes during the regular season, you got to go eight, nine, ten, number eleven yeah. on defense. How how well
2: are you situated? Yeah, what I like about. The blend of people that we have is that they have uh, different ingredients uh, about the, their skill sets. Uh, you look at Nemo, he's a physical six foot six defenseman that skates well and closes. You look at Gleason, obviously, uh, he had a good game last night, made a lot of really heads up uh, plays, not only on breakouts but at the offensive blue line. Then you look at Philip Kemp, who displays leadership. Uh, uh, at the American League level, is willing to do little dirty things that uh, might go unappreciated by outside people, but certainly by his teammates and coaches are v- very much appreciated. I think all those types of guys. You include Cam Deneen in that mix, a, a puck mover with 34 uh, NHL games under his belt. That that's a positive because um, depending on what your need might be, you can you can choose uh, off certain parts of the menu.
0: Um, that's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Options and depth. Two of favorites. favorite words. There's no... I mean, you could look at anything and a coach, if you say, to, I got options for you and I got depth for you, they're going to go, thank you very much. And if you look at, say, 8, 9, and 10 on the Oilers blue line, and Jay just mentioned them, you've got Kemp, you've got Neymarainen, you've got Gleason. At some point, we're going to see 1, 2... Maybe all three of those guys this year uh, seeing some action at the big league level. Uh, Nemo Linen will play tonight, according to Randy Sportak in Calgary, uh, as will Vincent DeHarnay, as will Phil Kemp on the Oilers blue line as the Oilers take on the Flames tonight uh, in Calgary. Up front, Kajula, Ryan, McCague, Peterson, Griffith, Malone, Fogel, Savoy, Borgo, Holloway, Hamlin, and Raphael. Uh, Levois, So that game goes tonight. Uh, busy uh, weekend coming up. Oil Kings are in action tonight uh, at home with the Oilers on the road. Oil Kings home to the Lethbridge Hurricanes this evening. 7 o'clock puck drop at uh, Rogers then back at it for their uh, standard 4 p.m. Sunday afternoon games. Uh, those are always fun to, to check in just because of the time uh, you can get back, have a supper, do whatever you want uh, and have the kids there on the afternoon for sure. Uh, when we come back at the top of the hour we are going to talk basketball. I haven't done a whole lot of basketball since uh, Canada at the FIBAs. So uh, we will check in with Jim Ocharski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel when we return on the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. Sorry, Duke. I almost, I left you hanging. First up, here's the Duke with a sports update.